welcome to A Builder's House. My name's Loz Markham and joining me for episode four is someone whose work has inspired so many homes across the country and the world, including my own home. So this is a special one for me. She's a designer, holiday property expert, mum to four boys and the first lady of BAM Constructions, Simone Matthews. Thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me and what a um, gorgeous intro you did for me. So yeah, amazing. Now, before we get into your newest project, we always start the show by chatting a little bit about uh, your actual role and qualifications in the industry. So you could, if you could just tell me a little bit about that, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a qualified interior designer. I did five years of study at ISCG. So I have um, a diploma in interior design as well as a diploma in interior decoration. So I've been in the building and design industry for over 20 years, as you said, married to a builder, and he's really the other half of um, our team who tends to be a little bit quieter. And he's a builder. He's been um, a builder for 24 years. So between us, we're pretty, um, we're well-versed in the industry, should I say. And now you've got two Gerringong projects. Let's start with the first one, Soul of Gerringong, which you just parted ways with. Um, tell me a little bit about the history of that project and how long it took you. Yeah, actually, we've still got the property for about another two weeks. So it's still like our baby hasn't left us yet. So that property we purchased four years ago, um, you know, a lot of people know that we bought that property with no plan of what to do with it. We always say the property found us. The actual build of it, we started building in February and we finished on Melbourne Cup Day in November because I remember we had an event that day and we had tradies running around everywhere. And then we've run that as a successful holiday property business now for three years. And as you said, we've sold the business for, you know, that was always our goal to be able to create an amazing property that made people feel amazing, inspired for when they're on holidays, and then to create a business that then we could on sell and go on to do more and more. And now you guys are just around the corner now with the pause. I'm lucky enough to drive past the pause nearly every day on my way back from the gym. So I'm yeah. always lusting over the property. Walk <laughs> us through that process. And you've got your online series that's uh, been coming out. Yeah. You know what? The pause has been, um, the pause, I feel like it's got a lot more of um, myself in it. It's more a property that I absolutely love because I think I'm craving that place to have a pause in life. And, you know, I just love how the properties come together. And as you said, we've got an online series which covers the whole build from the beginning to the end to the styling. But what I love about the series, and I'm sure that, you know, anyone who's into building and renovating, is we show the real side of it. So it's not just all the pretty pictures of how it looks at the end because every build, every reno, no matter if you're an expert, not an expert, always things don't go to plan. And I love that that's what we've been able to share on the series. That's what I found the appeal was with the pause series as well. I mean, as someone who Nick and I, my partner's a builder and we were building this year, we lost all of our income because of the pandemic and everything. And on Instagram, for some reason, I kept it as all the pretty pictures. And when I saw your series, it really made me think, hang on, there would be so many people going through the exact same tough times and tough situations. And it's a really raw outlook that you guys give during that series as well, which was really refreshing. Yeah, oh, that's good to hear because that's exactly what we wanted it to be because you know what? COVID for every, like for some people, there's been a lot of positives, you know, out of a bad situation. But 
also it was just it was a hard time for everyone. So instead of sugarcoating it, like if I be real about it, we had, like you said, for you, we lost all our um, income from a holiday accommodation business, Solar Jeringong. It closed down overnight. We had all our build jobs stop, instantly go on hold. And then we found ourselves building our own property, the pause in the pause. And it was like, holy moly. So I feel like We've now got to the end of the build and, you know, the series is always at the end of it. And it was like, it's been amazing, but it's been a freaking roller coaster. And I think that's important for people to know because, you know, hopefully most people don't have that much happen to them. But if you know that this stuff happens and it happens to everyone, then you're more like you're ready for it. So that's why I teach people, you know, through the series and online education that it's you're going to have hurdles. And that is normal because then when you get to the end of like your end of your journey, you've got your forever home or your dream holiday house or whatever it is, it makes it that much more well worth it. And you're not sitting there going, oh, that was a nightmare. Instead, you're like, yeah, wow. So we had all them these hurdles thrown at us and look what we did so that's kind of my take on it yeah 100% the overcoming adversity aspect of the series is something that I think will resonate with so many people in this little Instagram community of ours now yeah. as part of the divine room series we always speak about a particular room in the house but I've been so excited to have you on the show because we are going for something non-traditional when you speak of rooms but they are essential spaces that everybody has in their homes and nobody ever really talks about besides maybe a pretty picture of a sideboard every now and then. So can you tell us the spaces we're going to speak about on the podcast? Yeah, you know what, you nailed it because everyone just overlooks these spaces and the spaces I'm referring to is like your hallways, your staircases, your voids, and I refer to these as negative spaces. So they're not actual rooms. So like when we talk bedrooms and kitchens, they're positive spaces because we're going to fill them up and they've got a function and a use. So the negative spaces is what makes a house come together. So at the pause, you know, uh, the entry hallway, you open these double gorgeous um, antique doors that we had imported from Bali. And the hallway, it is like, it is so simple. You know, there's one gorgeous brass wall light, but the space, as soon as you open those doors, instantly you feel that holiday feeling, which is, you know, what I talk about when you just take a deep breath out, you just feel calm. And it's like, you've been given permission to just switch off. And the key to doing that is because I allowed that extra bit of space so it's 1.5 in width so I actually made the bedroom smaller on either side to be able to really create that feeling in what I call a negative space and honestly Lauren it is what makes or breaks a house. That is so refreshing to hear because you always hear about people trying to get that extra 40 mil even in that small to make a bedroom slightly bigger if it means eating into those big negative spaces. And, you know, everyone's always talking about bigger bedroom, bigger lounge room, bigger this. But that feeling, even from the photos of the hallway at the pause, it would create such a bigger impact than having a slightly bigger bedroom. Oh, 100%. Like you don't notice that when you're at planning stage, you think, oh, like I need that bigger bedroom. I need to have that extra 300 mil. And it's like, really? Is it going to make or break the space? Which which space is it going to give more impact to? And it's always what you call your negative spaces. And sometimes you don't always have that room to make your hallways wider. So like at the pause, 
when we actually go through to the hallway that kind of goes to the kitchen and the staircase, that's really narrow. So what I did there was I made sure that the staircase was open. So on the original plans, that was actually meant to be built-in storage or a built-in seat. And if we had done that, I would have taken away that space and the feeling of it. So it's also really important to know that even if you don't have the beauty of being able to steal space from other rooms, which we couldn't in the staircase, then there's ways of creating that space, the illusion of it, and that's by having like the open space under the staircase or having your open balustrade up a staircase. So there's all these little tips and tricks that can make the big difference to how your house feels and functions. So let's rewind a little bit to the designing stage of the pause. At what point do you start working these in? Do these come forefront of mind or do you work them in after you have your room set? No, these are first. So I'm always on your negative spaces first. So when I come to design, I'm like, if it's, let's use the pause, for example. So I wanted to use, I wanted five guest bedrooms, five bathrooms, kitchen, living space, you know, laundry. So I knew, okay, they have to fit within the floor plan. So I need to give proportion to those rooms, but I had to, at the beginning, know that my negative spaces were just as important, if not more, to be able to get the flow in the house and to make it feel open. So right at the beginning, you need to really focus on that um, spatial planning. So once you've got your flat plans organized, as everyone does in that stage of the build, what comes next when you're thinking about the materials that you're going to use in this space to make sure it looks as grand as what you're making it? I think once you've got your spatial planning, that's tick number one, and then it is going to the style that you're trying to create. And when I mean style, it's not necessarily the look, it's more, I'm always going to be banging on that feeling, but you nail the feeling with your materials. So I have a rule that's called the 70-20-10 rule. So it's basically use 70% of one style, 20% of another, and a final 10% to bring it together. So by nailing those um, proportions, then that's how you work out your materials and finishes that will work with your whole cohesive of the style and the feel together. And so what is your ratio of styles at the pause? Which ones have you drawn from? Yeah, so pause is 70% organic. So I think natural materials like the timber doors that we've used. Then it's 20% minimalist. So if we go back to the hallway, you know, we've just got one feature brass light. That is it. And then the 10% is a bit of a classic layer. So again, you'll see a lot of the brass touches coming through and that black and white, which is a classic um, palette. The materials in the pores, obviously fantastic for if you were building a regular home as well, but as a mum of four boys building a holiday property, how does that influence your choice of materials? Oh, huge. You know what? I think by being a mum to four boys, it's given me complete experience and practice on how you're going to make your holiday property durable because if it can withstand up to my four boys, it can pretty much stand up to anything. So... You do have to factor that in and 
you know, it's not just on the pretty kind of finishes. You know, I've used Supercheck plasterboard at this property. They, yes, they were one of our sponsors of the online series, but it was beyond that. They're, the plasterboard there, it's more durable. So it's, they call it kid resistant, which basically means if people knock into it, you're not going to get those bumps coming through. So it's really thinking about the practicality of your materials more than even the look of it because they've got to hold up to what's going to be constantly thrown at. So if it's like my own home with four boys or if it's holiday properties, I want my guests to be able to come into the property and not feel like it's precious. Like, you know, with the concrete floors, a perfect material, like they're so easy to clean. They're so easy to, you know, to deal with the knocks from guests and kids and things. So it's a big part of it because I always say to people, if you create a home and it looks amazing, but it's not practical, you're going to absolutely hate it because you're going to be constantly worried about it. And that's not what houses are for. Especially if you're going on holidays with your family, you know, you're staying at a luxury holiday property. So you've obviously paid good money to be there. The last thing you would want is to be trying to helicopter your kids being like, don't yeah. touch, don't touch that because it would ruin the feel of it. It does. It's like I always say um, to people creating holiday properties and to people who come stay at mine, it's not precious. Like this is not a precious house. I want you to be able to walk in from the beach, you know, sand between your toes because that's what it's about. I don't want you to be thinking, oh, I've got to be careful with this. I've got to do that because that is not what holidays are about. And ultimately, I think it's the same in your own home because I'm like, especially post-COVID, we're all really at home now all the time. So it's important to get that same vibe that you have on holidays of feeling like you can relax in your own home. And it truly comes down to what materials you use. Let's move on to the staircase now. So you said originally you were thinking about having that as a storage or a bench seat or anything. Talk me through the process of opening that up and the difference that it made to that negative space. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It was huge. On paper, I was like, no, I think we can get away with using that for storage because in holiday properties, storage is really important. So I was like, got to maximize it. And then as we were in the build stage, we had the frames up. I was just like, oh, this is, it works, but it's that little bit tight. So instead I was like, we can do away with the storage there. We were able to steal some more storage space upstairs. So then that allowed me to go, Ben, can we make a change? Which happens all the time. And I was like, we need to make this open because then it's the same space. Like really people don't walk under the staircase because of the low height, but instantly it just opened it up and it allowed that feeling from the initial hallway as you open the doors to flow through where if we didn't do it, it would have just seemed like it went from this big negative space to this really small negative space. So yeah, I'm so glad that we made that change. And the railings on there, can you talk us through the materials you've used on those ones and the treads as well? Yeah, so the railing, the balustrade, it is a custom design that we had from a local creative in Jerangong and it's powder-coated, it's steel that's powder-coated black and it was designed so it was so minimal, um, you know, each vertical going down. So it just, it actually... It doesn't dissolve, like I wanted it to be black so it would feature, but it's just, it becomes, I feel like a piece of art. So when you're in the lounge room and you look back at the staircase, it's a feature and that's that was the key to it. The actual stair treads, they're um, teak timber that we imported back from Bali. So we, 
you'll notice that we've got all the teak timber doors throughout the hallway. So it's the same timber that matches into it. So we've got that same organic natural timbers flowing throughout. We ask everyone this question that comes on the podcast, but who is another designer or builder that has inspired you? Mm, Gosh, I have a lot. But if I'm, I love, I know, and you've already interviewed her, I love Mon Palmer. I just, she's, I just love her style and feel, and I love that she's not afraid to try things out, which I feel like I'm quite like that as well. And I'm also really inspired by Amber Interiors in the US. I just love that she's got this classic style, but it has an edge to it. And her business has just grown, you know, through the roof over the years. And I've just watched her organically grow in us as designers. You know, we go through these stages and I feel like I've just watched her go from strength to strength. So yeah, absolutely love her. Do you know what's something that's been so heartwarming with everyone I've interviewed so far is most people's inspiration is drawn from other Australian designers. And I Mm. think that's so heartwarming and a testament to the culture of design and build that we have in the country at the moment. It's really going leaps and bounds. Yeah, it is. And it's such um, it's such a community. Like we all, it's like we all know each other. So you can call, like you can, you know, give each other praise when it's deserved and you reach out to people when you can just, you feel this vibe through social media. I don't really understand how it comes through, but you can pick up when someone's also not that okay. And that kind of community that we have together, it's, yeah, it's pretty special and I love it. And I know that I thrive on it personally. Absolutely. And it's it's from the ground up too. It's people who are starting their first build and interacting with people like yourself to get inspiration and who are just learning the ropes all the way through to people who have well-established careers and are doing incredible things like you are. It really breaks down that barrier of communication and ideas sharing. And I just think it's it blows my mind how much community is created in that space just through your phone. Yeah, it's that's what I go. Social media, there's positives and negatives to it, but I see a lot of positives. Like, you know, I think every day I would get some sort of DM from someone who's, or actually yesterday I got a message from someone saying, I've just signed up to study interior design. You've inspired me over the years and you gave me the leap of faith to do it. I'm like, isn't that amazing that someone who has been watching me from a distance has had this kind of thought that maybe they will and for something that's resonated with them that I've shared it's made them take that leap of faith and I just think that is absolute pure gold and that is why I will continually um, put myself on social media because I see it's a way to just share the love with everyone. Absolutely and positive impact on someone you've never met is the biggest reward ever. I think it's amazing. Absolutely. It fills my cup up as much as it fills theirs. And final question, for anyone who is maybe still in the building uh, design phase, so they haven't started yet, what is your one tip for them who, after listening to this podcast, go, oh, my God, my negative spaces, what am I going to do? My my advice would be to really look at your floor plan and not just think of it as how it's going to look is look at it on how you want to feel as you walk into a space and then realize that your negative spaces is what is going to impact to see if there's spaces you can steal a little bit of room from. And if you can nail that, then honestly, everything else in your floor plan and design of your home, it will all come together. 
Well, Simone, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing a little bit about the pause, a little bit about your journey as an interior designer, and most of all, talking about the spaces that nobody ever talks about. I always seem to do those things that no one else does. So, you know, thank you. It's been amazing to chat and we will actually have to catch up in person one day since you're only down the road. Amazing. Thank you so much, Simone. Really appreciate it.